Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. This episode will be a living clean study and commentary. The aim is to provide insight to and context of the material within our book, Living Clean. This is not a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. However, there will be some similarities in how the study will be conducted. Each study will have the audio recorded and then published to the Anonymous Podcast. The overall goal is to provide a commentary of the text towards reaching those seeking a resource like this. If one person benefits from our efforts, including us, then our participation will be well worth the effort. We'll have the introductions, and then we'll jump into the text. Enjoy. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is a Living Clean Study for the Anonymous Podcast. This is episode 15. We're going to begin on page 51, even though it. But first, we're going to give our introductions. Jen, can you jump in? Introduce yourself, please. Hi, I'm Jane. I'm from Salem, Oregon. My clean date is 12-22-79, and my home group is Thursday noon meeting. All right, thanks, Jane. What's up, Jen? Hi, my name is Jennifer. I'm an addict. My clean date is November 27th, 1992, and I attend meetings in Sacramento, California. Thanks, Jen. What's happening, Eva? Hey, everybody. Eva P. here. My clean date is 6 10 and I attend meetings in the mid Willamette Valley area of Narcotics Anonymous here in Salem, Oregon. Thanks, Eva. What's happening, Barb? Hey, everybody. I'm Barb, an addict. I live in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. My clean date is 10-4-95. And I attend meetings um, all over the world on Zoom lately. Thanks, Barb. What's happening, Lee? Lee, addict. Uh, clean date, 8-27-87. Uh, 10 meetings in New Orleans. My home group is the Monday night, 7.30, open mind group. Thanks, Lee. Seven, Paul. My name's Paul M. I'm an addict, and I live in New Orleans, Louisiana. My clean date is January the 6th, 1995. Thanks, Paul. We're going to leave it open there to, to bring in Carl. What's happening, Carl? I'm Carl. I'm an addict. Clean date, January 6th, 2015. Send meetings all around the New Orleans area and North Shore area. Uh, home group open mind. All right, thanks, Uncle Carl. We're going to bring in our first guest for this evening from West Virginia, Jessica T. Introduce yourself, Jessica. Hi, family. My name is Jessica T. I'm from Fremont, West Virginia. My clean day is February 2nd, 2020. My home group is the Freedom Through Surrender group here in West uh, North Central West Virginia. And we meet on Fridays and Saturdays and Wednesday nights. Thanks, Thanks for letting me be here. All right, glad you can make it. And our second guest is going to be Missy L from Colorado. Introduce yourself, Missy. Hi, everyone. I'm Missy L. I am from Idaho Springs, Colorado. Um, my home group is the Rural Outreach Recovery Program in the Montana region, Narcotics Anonymous. All right, welcome. Thanks for joining us, Missy. Our folks, I'm Addict, name's Douglas. I got a clean March 12, 2000, Southwestern PA, and I stay in the Raleigh, North Carolina area now. All right, so let's get it. Living Clean Study for the Anonymous Podcast. This is episode 15. We're going to begin on page 51 when even with Even Though It, and Eva P is going to facilitate. Take it away, Eva. Hi, everybody. So let's get started with um, Paul. Why don't you go ahead and start reading for us? All righty. 
even though it is so central to our recovery, many of us resist talking about spirituality because it comes so close to a conversation about re religion. There are many reasons we may be uncomfortable with, with this. First of all, it's something, uh, first of all, it's something many of us have learned not to discuss. We know faith is deeply personal. Others of us don't have a way of talking about it without trying to bring other people's faith in line with our own. We already need to change so, mu so much that's, that it's important for us to know that our system of faith, whatever it is, will not be threatened by our program. It may be challenged, though, as we begin to practice our spirituality more actively than we had. We can have philosophical discussions all day long and never make progress in, in our spiritual lives. On the other hand, some of the most spiritual people we know say very little about spirituality. Their quiet example is more powerful than words. The principles we share in the steps, the traditions, the concepts, and the rest of our literature go a long way toward providing us with a common language we can all understand and identify with. Yeah, I think uh, don't scare the horses. You know what I mean? When they're drinking, that's the, <laughs> that's the thing that comes to mind. So I don't want to, I don't want to do anything that's going to make a newcomer like bolt out of the room. So I have to be careful. But, you know, like Douglas and I have, have discussed before, that doesn't mean we have to deny or obfuscate what we believe. Um, and so that's, that's true. And, and listen, all of recovery is about finding balance, right? And, and what I find is if I talk about my, my journey, about my journey with I and me and I and me, that's completely different than you should, you need to. You should do this. You should believe that. Look, I don't care if it's religion or what you order at McDonald's or what you're wearing. As soon as you cross that line, you've lost me. Because there were people telling me for a long time, you should do this. And I got that little rebellious streak that just makes me want to go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll do this. How about that? Uh, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I don't have to. I don't have to be opposite and still be controlled by you, because that's the same thing. Like if you rebel against everything, you're still letting someone else make the decision. And uh, I have to be careful with that. But look, I, I think there's a there's a way to talk about stuff. And and look, before and after the meeting is probably the place and the time. During the meeting, I try to use the language of recovery. Uh, sometimes I'm better at it than, than others. Um, it's, religion is not bad for me. Some people, it's a trigger point. But here's the deal. The, here's the secret. The 12 steps are not about God. The 12 steps are about the addict. The higher power doesn't need a program. I do. 
Thanks. Oof, good stuff. Somebody else got something to say about those two paragraphs? Okay. All right, let's move on. Uh, Jessica, why don't you go ahead and read the next two? We can have philosophical discussions all day and never make any progress in our spiritual life. Oh, sorry. That's okay. I, we say over and over. We say over and over that this is a spiritual, not religious program, but that doesn't mean the program can't work for religious people. Some of us come to NA with a, a foundation and a faith with which we are very comfortable. Others of us find our way to be to organized religion as a result of the work we do to build a relationship with a higher power in the steps. Some of us find alternative spiritual paths or find that the spirituality we achieve through the program is enough. There is no right or wrong answers on this. There is no progression that brings us naturally toward or away from organized religion. What is important is that we accept that the program is a spiritual is spiritual in nature, that some of what we depend on here is a great mystery, that some of it doesn't make sense. Many of us say that even after years clean, we still don't know how it works. We just know that it works. Allowing the possibility that there will always be something we don't know means that there is always room for something greater than ourselves to work on us and through us. Some of us have maintained the religious beliefs we grew up with, but in our addiction, we compromised ourselves in ways that ran deeply against those beliefs. Many of us have had to work so hard to distance ourselves from what our beliefs had been that the way we respond to hearing about them almost feels like an allergy. It can be a long time before we know why that language makes us so uncomfortable. When we start hearing people talk about a higher power, it can feel like we're about to be pushed through all those feelings again. And it's natural that this makes us nervous. So I was, I was that addict that came back in after a relapse and was like, I don't wanna focus my attention on the belief that I had about the understanding of my higher power. And so um, over the past 18 months, um, it's been very difficult for me to like, I guess, have faith in faith. I'm, I, I, I'm not sure how to say it, but the other day, like I heard an addict say that, you know, trust the process. And whenever I think of trust, I hear have faith, you know, because trust and faith go hand in hand. And um, it, it's today before I got on here, um, I said a little prayer asking my higher power to help me, help, help me share my experience. And, um, you know, this, the, the, the language 
that we share in Narcotics Anonymous um, is always so, there's so many different ways you can see it's so many colors that you know I can see whenever whenever I'm listening to someone share and whenever um Paul had shared like all I could hear was I, I know exactly what he's saying and now that it like my I, I'm nervous and like I I can hear him and see him it's like I I, I can't be that good so I want to shut up now I love you guys. <laughs> Thanks, Jessica. So uh, for me, um, what Narcotics Anonymous has done is um, it has shown me that, first of all, it's okay to have my own spiritual path and um, that I don't have to justify it to anybody. And when I first got here, I really felt like if I wanted to fit in, in a, especially in a particular group of people, I'm not going to go as far to say as a click, but whatever. Um, just if I if I wanted to fit in with maybe even just the people within that meeting, I would be embarrassed to even talk about my spirituality or if I was spiritual because um, I was always afraid that that was going to, you know, because it sounded like it was so taboo. Like we don't talk about that here. We don't talk about that here. And in these first couple of paragraphs of this, um, what it tells me is that. It is okay to talk about that I do have a spiritual program and that it is essential to have a spiritual program in Narcotics Anonymous. It just doesn't have to be religious, right? It doesn't have to be God. You know, it says as we understand him or it or whatever, you know, and and um, and it's also given me a greater um, respect for other people's spirituality and beliefs and an interest and a curiosity about those that I would have never had without Narcotics Anonymous. And, um, and it also brings me joy to see people that do have a strong blooming spiritual program because I think that your I think that my program is only as fit as my spiritual self is, right? Like if I'm not in line with my spirituality, that's usually when I'm acting out or, you know, whatever. And um, when I'm not, you know, like working towards positive goals. So I think that um, for me personally, it was, it was, it took a long, it took a, a long time for me. It took some, and some courage to just understand and my sponsor I'm sure it was a lot of step work to understand that my spiritual belief is okay and I don't have to I don't have to justify it to you but if you want to know about it I'm happy to tell you and and it is okay to talk about spirituality just but to know the difference in the rooms in Narcotics Anonymous but I was also taught I would like to say early on but it wasn't that early after five years um, when I got with the sponsor that I have now um, that that when, when in the beginning of learning about spirituality, um, that it was important that I spent a lot of that, those questions with my sponsor and um, people that I trusted and not to just throw it out into the middle of a room. So that, um, because then it becomes a, 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 what it felt like was like treatment, like people wanted to respond to me um, if 
I threw it out there in a meeting. And and if I want responses that my sponsor told me if I wanted responses, it didn't belong in a meeting, that it belongs with her. So um, at least because what I want, I want it now. Not that people can't share their experience with me because that's absolutely true. But if I want people to tell me how to do it right now, which is how I always want it, because I want it right now, then um, then I needed to bring it to her. And then if we talked about it, I could share it in a meeting. So that's how I learned to really process through my spirituality. Um, anybody else have anything to share on these two? Hi, Lee. Hey, gang. Actually, Doug had his hand up, so I'm going to let Doug go first. Appreciate Sorry, it. Dad, I didn't mean to ignore you. I'm sorry. I'm used to it, Eva. I'm used to it. All right. Now I'm just going to make a couple quick comments, man. I look the, that that whole um, the whole piece, man. Paul was talking about that balance piece. You know, I, I really see that in the in those couple sentences there. We we're real good at seeing people who can who can talk and wordsmith. You know, all about the the spiritual life and ain't doing shit about it. And then on the other hand, it's kind of like it's probably equally as as not serving. Man, to, to be doing all this, but not sharing about it at a meeting, because some of us don't get to see people other than maybe that meeting or, or you know, or experiencing that. So it's, it's, it is important to say, hey, look, this is what I do to to remain free and to remain healthy. So I think both in balance, right, right size. I think there, there's a place for that. But uh, the most impactful thing that, that helped me see that when I'm when I'm talking about like politics, I, not as much in, in religion and, you know, and things like this my default setting can be sometimes is like, I want you to be really open-minded to what I'm having to say, but I don't want to be open-minded to what you have to say, you know, and sometimes that, that can be like the default setting, you know, and I got to watch for that. And what, what helped me was um, I lived a couple of years in China and I would head over to, uh, to Thailand and, and in the meetings there, depending on how long the meeting is like the, an hour meeting, the first 15 is, is about meditation shoes off you know, meditating and talking about, you know, in, the, in that piece, hour and a half being first 20 minutes meditation and stuff like this. And then China met a lot of people with way different, maybe like, you know, spiritual journeys than, than, than I had at that time. It really showed me, it was like, look, man, I, and here, here was my awakening of my spirit with that is uh, if, if I quiet myself down and I listen to you talking about your experience and what you believe in your journey, me, me trying to discredit you if I don't do that, that doesn't mean that I agree. That doesn't mean that I'm infringing on my beliefs. It doesn't mean anything like that. And that was kind of cool, man. Like, because up until that point, I really held on to, if you say something I don't agree with, I have to make a rebuttal or my beliefs compromised. And it was just a flawed way of thinking, you know, that I, that I grabbed onto. Um, and I think, I think the, uh, that might be the last comment that, that I was making. There was something else that kind of, it kind of slipped my you know, slipped my mind, but, uh, um, oh, oh, here it is. Yeah. So in the basic text study, man, the, the, the dirty word, right. The dirty couple phrases and stuff like that. I remember we were talking about, it was like sober sobriety in, in AA. Those are like the dirty words, man. Don't bring it up. No, let's not have any conversations. You know, that, that, that's not good. And it looks like, like here is like God, higher power, spiritual awakening, spiritual experience, you know, you know, all this stuff. And, um, Really, what, what I've had to what I've had to to come to to believe is this: Well, I try to fill myself up and become satisfied, and will I run hundred miles an hour of food, sex, and money? Yep, absolutely. Do I still get on my knees in the morning and at night? Do my eleven step in the morning, read what I need to read, 
contact my people, work, and give of myself. Goddamn right. Can I do both in a day? Absolutely. I absolutely do. And like my homie in Cincinnati says, I'm a whole ass person. I'm a whole ass person, man. You know, and I needed to hear people share that, man. And that and that's what I try to share. You know, so all right, Lee, take it away, bro. Thanks, Tug. Jessica, you made total sense, and I really enjoyed what you shared. Um, it says it can take a long time before we know why that language makes us so uncomfortable. And I can remember when I got to Narcotics Anonymous and you guys would say God or anything about it, I would just revolt inside because of personal experiences through the Roman Catholic Church. Um, and so at first I, I had no belief. And my, my first sponsor was working me through his steps and, and he made it really simple for me. He said, you don't have to believe. He said, just believe that I believe. And, and I could do that. Um, and I'm not sure what's going on with Eva and Jennifer Doug, but I think you are in deep doggy doo doo. Um, I digress. <laughs> so, so coming from, from no belief, uh, hatred, which is a word that I've pretty much eliminated, except for to. Uh, exemplify what I'm trying to say here um, to a belief structure took a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of effort and, and in retrospect I have never had a random person come up to me after a meeting in Narcotics Anonymous and say hey Lee what do you believe in now I have had that exchange of information with, with men that I work with many many times but I've never ever had anyone randomly ask me that question. Um, and it also says we say over and over that this is a spiritual, not religious program. Uh, but it doesn't mean that that NA can't work for people who are into religion. And, and we say that medicine, religion, and psychiatry was not sufficient for us, which just means that it by itself wasn't enough. I can remember an active addiction paying a shrink $175 an hour out of my mind on, this, on a specific drug and she would just put headphones on me, put me in a dark room and lay me down on a mat for $175. So it didn't work for me. Obviously religion didn't work for me and, and medicine, I don't even know, you know, I never really had anything in active addiction where I needed to be medicated. So except for one time in treatment when I was shot up with Thursday, but, but that's not my point. My point is that those things alone never worked. But once I became uh, a member of Narcotics Anonymous and started working in 12 steps and the process took a hold and a belief structure began to begin, um, I started therapy in 09 for stuff from, from my, my, my service in the military and I'm still in therapy and it is progress. I only go about every six months. Um, so it's working in conjunction with the 12 step process with our spiritual program. And, and it's funny because my back hurt, I was fooling with that 100 year old door that uh, Carl and Paul didn't pass by to help with or Damien, I'm not gonna leave him out Paul because he's a, a construction guy. Um, and my back is really hurting. My L5 is really hurting. And just now my chiropractor called, but I didn't answer because I was on here with you guys. 
So there is something divine, in my opinion, that, that happens to drug addicts that don't use drugs. That's, that's plenty out of me, thanks. Oh, it's your hand up. No, okay. Uh, Missy, why don't you read the next two? Please, thank you. All right. We may have negative experiences with religion or experiences that made our relationship to religion uncomfortable. It can be challenging to face that. Many of us experienced religious efforts to save us from our addiction and found that faith alone was insufficient to set us free. Or we may have a very well-developed religious faith and fear that NA is going to ask us to give that up. Whatever our experience, is, it is critical to our recovery that we find some kind of understanding we can work with. When we are in the process of figuring that out, other people's opinions about what that should feel, what that should be can feel confusing or threatening. It is imperative that we give one another time and space to come to a belief system of our own. On the other hand, we can be too quick to cut off conversations that some of us need to have in order to reconcile our recovery with our other beliefs. A member confessed, I have had a struggle with my faith since coming to NA. I still practice the faith I grew up with and have been very active in it since I got clean. But when I came into the rooms and, I, and shared about my spiritual awakenings, I felt shut down. I left for a while to follow that path, but I realized I need to be here too. So I find a way to make peace with the gap between them. Without that effort, we risk alienating people or limiting our own understanding of the connections between our spiritual development and our experience in recovery. Um, yeah, with that, I, um, I grew up with a faith, you know, I went to church with my mom when I was little and my dad never went. And I remember my mom, bless her heart. She was so, so open to the idea of when I didn't want to go to church anymore. You know, I didn't, I remember I was like nine years old and I told her I didn't want to go anymore because my dad didn't go. And she never pushed that on me. She just let me kind of stop going. And then in 2014, I went to, I, I stopped really believing at that point. I just kind of like went about my life, teenage years. Um, in 2014, I was 20, 21 or 22. And um, I went to a rehab facility in Estes Park, Colorado. And that's when I first kind of got back in touch with a spiritual side, you know, cause they, it was a 12 step program. And I just kind of immediately clung back on to what my belief in God was. And um, that seemed really easy for me to do, you know, and then ever since that program uh, relapse has been a part of my story a few times. And the first thing I would shut out is a higher power. And so every time I've come back into the rooms um, I felt like I had a higher power that was keeping score. You know, I felt like I, was just so sorry for relapsing and that I could never like be forgiven for that, for the hurt that I caused my family. And, um, yeah, I truly feel like I, I had this idea of a higher power that I needed to make it up to, you know, and this time around, I forgot to mention my clean date. I, my clean date's 828, 2021. So I got 45 days today and I have been so completely open open-minded this go around, you know, because I don't want to go back out there. My disease is going to kill me. And that's become very, very apparent if I let it. And if I pick up drugs again, um, 
I have a beautiful four-year-old daughter that needs her mama, you know, and I have realized that by thinking that I had to have a higher power that I made things up to, that just kind of left my cup empty, you know? Um, I constantly have jumped around from relationships to relationships, feeling like I have all this love to give and I have the spirit within me. And I've realized that um, my God loves me, you know, and um, he's always loved me. For me, it's a he. Um, he's always loved me and he's just waiting for me to accept that. He's never keeping score. And by being open-minded, this go around that I can actually start with the process of loving myself and not making up for things and making up for the hardships that I've put my family through and loved ones through. Um, that is a spiritual awakening in itself. And so I've kind of had to let go of what my idea of a higher power was, even though I thought I was very in touch with it and just kind of start from scratch. And it's, I mean, it's doing absolute wonders in my life because as soon as I accepted my God's love for me, um, I get to start loving myself, you know, and I get to start working an honest program. This is the most honest 45 days I've lived in my adult life, I swear. Um, and it's really beautiful what's happening in my recovery. So, um, I'm just really grateful to be here and to be listening to all this experience, strength and hope and, you know, to be able to let go of what I thought my spiritual beliefs were and start from ground zero, because there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. In my opinion, it's opened so many doors for my present and my future. And I'm just, I'm just super grateful to be here. Y'all. Thank you so much, Missy. Uh, Paul, what you got? You know, I, I, we have to be careful. We don't become the thing we don't like. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't like religion because it's dogmatic. Hey, by the way, stop sharing that shit in this meeting. Ouch. Right? That's the problem for me, you know what I mean? As soon as I start to tell somebody else what to do, I don't like the, I don't like the person that I, it reminds me of, and I don't wanna do that. I think the, the issue, one of the issues for me, and it said it in the previous, I was gonna comment previously, but it, it talks about the mystery of this whole topic. Well, if you're like this addict right here, Nobody likes mystery, right? We want to know what's, we're control freaks. We want to know what's going to happen. So I buy this dope. I put it in this spoon. I draw it up. I get high, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And I did that for years. It's very linear. I know what's going to happen. And that's not what this is. This is there's all kinds of things. Babies die. People act stupid. People get shot. Things happen. Oh, my God. Is it the end of the world? It feels like it. I don't know. What does the end of the world feel like? It's never happened. So there's all this mystery. But we have a second step. Where we come to believe. And the mystery seems more manageable. 
if I'm being cared for by something greater than myself. I don't care what you call it. I don't care how you worship it. I don't care if you don't believe it at all. But all you it's asking is in that second step to come to believe in something that can deal with the unknowingness that the world has. Because we get overwhelmed. And that's never good for an addict. Oh, I was overwhelmed. They asked me all these questions. Blah, 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 blah. And, and what, you know, we've talked about in the basic text and Donna said, you know, not knowing was dangerous sometimes. You better know that. So we all walk around Narcotics Anonymous and act like we know shit. You know what I mean? We know what God said. We know what the basic text says. We know this and we're gonna tell you, but we're not really sure. But if we get enough of you to agree with us in the business meeting, then it's true. Let's call it to question. How can you call it to question? It's still a question. And that's the unknowingness of life. This process for me is, is the great I don't know. And becoming okay with that. Because with becoming okay with I don't know, that produces wonder and awe. And I need wonder in, and awe in my life to have gratitude. If I know everything about everything and how everything's gonna be end up and it's always gonna be bad and it never, and I'm a victim and everything's bad, there's no wonder or awe in life. I might as well go get high. I don't know what's, how this is gonna end. I don't know what's gonna happen. It's been really good so far though. And if you're new and you're listening to this, you don't have to figure any of this bullshit that we're going to discuss here for an hour out right now. You can stay clean with not knowing anything, what you're going to call it, how you're going to do it. You can stay clean. So take a breath and relax. You did the best you could today and you somehow got on this thing and listened to these idiots. Myself included. Thanks. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm so not focused, and everybody's laughing, and I know I missed something. So, anyway, um, hey, Jane, why don't you do this last paragraph, and then we'll finish out this section. And okay. move on, on the other hand, on the other hand. What? Start with on the other hand. I think it's spiritual growth. Jessica's got her hand up, baby. Oh, I'm oh, so sorry. You guys are pointing that way and she's this way. It's all good. We don't have to know what's going on for thank you, Paul. Thank That's you. So good. Yes. Thank you. Uh, I, it, it it's amazing. I, I love this process of, you know, so we can come in here and that that right there was accountability for me seeing it being able to see that into action that's accountability i need that kind of like that vision 
to see where I'm accountable in my recovery. You know, I, I've been there um, filling my voids, my spiritual void with the sex, the food, the, the work, all of it. And, you know, whenever, um, so I first got clean in 2016 and I was on my, I, I was in the year of my third birthday, like in August and, uh, you know, my dad died. And next thing I know, like, I'm trying to fill that void because that was my supporter. Um, and so nobody wanted to listen to me, like that I was this, I was, I was talking a talk instead of walking through it. I wasn't dealing with grief. I was just talking my way through it, thinking that I was this all inspiring and faithful addict, you know? Um, and next thing I know, I'm like going through a breakup and wanting to fill that void with another relationship. And he used, and it was like right in front of me. So it was like, I might as well go ahead and do it. It's not going to hurt anything. And so what that, those four months taught me was the depression, the spiritual death of the drugs and the alcohol and the sex and the work and the whatever it was. And I got honest with myself and I came back into these rooms. Thank God for the Narcotics Anonymous program because, you know, I wouldn't have came in, back in here feeling loved. And I was like, I'm using these people as my higher power. That's what I'm going to do. This is my new higher power. I'm not. And then I, and then I heard, well, people will, people fuck up, Jessica. People don't do what they say they're going to do sometimes, Jessica. And I'm like, well, what can I rely on then? And then all of a sudden, all these other people, this pandemic happened. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do now? I can't go to my home group in person. How am I going to keep in contact with um, other recovering addicts, my higher power? How am I going to do that? And next thing I know, here comes this platform. Here comes these people out of the middle of nowhere that I've never met in my life from North Carolina telling me about this podcast. Here I am with the, this, this wonderful platform on my phone that I don't have to go anywhere to go to Colorado, to go to Texas, to go to New York and uh, New Jersey, all these other places. And they're just like me. And, you know, so whenever I heard, um, whenever I heard an episode on recovery and relapse, and I'm pretty sure it was Paul that I heard this from. I don't have to tell the story of Narcotics Anonymous. I tell my story. The message is my story. This is my experience. And, you know, so here I am working on this sixth step right now. And I'm thinking, well, what is my higher power doing to help me get through this? Like beating myself up because I'm such this, such like imperfect, defective human being. It's putting me in situations where whenever I, I, I was asked and invited to be a guest on here, I was like, what do I have to share? What do I have that, you know, somebody needs to hear? And then I heard that on uh, this podcast on the uh, chapter in the basic text. And I was like, my higher power is sharing with sharing through these people to come on here and be brave, be courageous and have faith that, you know, for this one hour, I'm going to stay clean and I'm going to hear a message. 
that, you know, no matter what age, race, sexual identity, creed, religion, or lack of religion, like it says in the basic text, that I can get clean and I can stay clean. It's not going to be easy sometimes, but all I have to do is show up. Thank you for allowing me to share. Thanks, Jessica. Sorry about that. Uh, Jennifer. Thanks, Eva. Um, the first sentence that we read, we may have negative experiences with religion or experiences that made our relationship to religion uncomfortable. And, and I have in the, I put a little note that like um, in my addiction, I actually created a lot of those experiences for myself, right? And then I turned around and was a victim because, you know, I grew up in church. I grew up, you know, going with my parents and in, you know, the youth ministry and all that other stuff. But when I was getting loaded and attending church and acting out and, you know, having behaviors that were not appropriate, then I was so shocked that somebody would actually call me out on it. And then I would blame God and I would blame religion. And that's what happened for me when I got here is all of a sudden I had to be accountable for me, you know, and what I did. And the truth is, is that, you know, um, you know, I look back at my life now when I was loaded and I look back at what others were attempting to do for me to help me to get me out of that place that I was in, you know, um, they were actually trying to help me and I was just, you know, blaming them for the reason that I wasn't showing up anymore. I wasn't participating in something that I had been doing for a long time. And when I finally got clean and decided, <clears throat> and I did this third step um, where I got to find out what my higher power was, you know, um, it wasn't, it wasn't the, it wasn't the, the same concept as when I, what I grew up with, but what's happened in recovery for me, that talks a little bit about, you know, our experiences or, you know, limiting, it says here, limiting our own understanding, um, of connections between spiritual development, like my spiritual development in Narcotics Anonymous has been like a plethora of things to do. You know, I've, you know, I've, I've, I've gone to church, I've gone to, you know, um, I've gone to Passover Seder dinners and done a whole, you know, hour and a half spiel that done it. I don't understand what they said because I don't speak Hebrew, but um, it was it was learning about why people have that connection and what brings them together and and what it is that they believe in. And at the end of the day, when I've been to these meditation, you know, these guided meditations, and I've done, you know, a weekend long, you know, chants, and I, all of it combined together has created this spiritual place that I'm in today. And had I been as close-minded as I was when I walked into Narcotics Anonymous, I would be still stuck on the fact that religion is the reason why, you know what I mean, I am where I am, right? Something else to blame, something else to create a barrier for me to live with, you know, a higher power that I know and I love and I trust, you know, like I don't, I didn't have any of that when I got here. I didn't trust, I didn't even trust myself. I didn't trust anything, you know, and, and today I have complete faith in this higher power that I'm not, I'm not inherently bad. I'm not, um, you know, and I don't, I don't have to limit myself to this one thing to, to work for me, right? Like I have the luxury in Narcotics Anonymous to do all those things that I was just talking about um, and still have the same faith and the same belief. Um, I just get to learn a lot more um, and find out more about me each time that I do one of those experiences. And, and, and my spiritual development um, is continues to grow and change and grow and change, you know, um, but at the end of the day, you know, that's what I need to keep, I think, 
Paul said it, you know, wonder and awe, right? Like I learned something new and I can apply that into my life. And then I'm reignited and I want to do some more. And, you know, and that's what keeps me moving. And, and I'm so grateful that we don't limit ourselves in Narcotics Anonymous, you know, because um, I would have been dead in the water the second that I got here. If you would have told me that I had to do this one thing every day, all the time, and I couldn't do anything else, this was the only thing that I was going to do for the rest of my life, I would have been like, I'm out. So uh, that's all I got. Thanks. Thanks, Jennifer. Uh, so Barb, why don't you go ahead and take that last paragraph um, for me? Thanks. Sure, Eva. Spiritual growth may be a struggle sometimes, but that doesn't mean it's going badly. That struggle is often how we get to a spirituality that works for us. Our beliefs grow as our spirits awaken. When we actually experience our beliefs, they become more vital. For some of us, that means finding a style of prayer that resonates with us. Some of us find other ways to make a conscious contact that suits our beliefs. But the key to spiritual growth is that it is growth, which means it changes and it's going to change us. It's going to change us. A member shared, when I had around 10 years clean, I realized I wasn't being honest in my relationship with God because I was, I was pretending I wasn't angry. I realized if I wasn't honest in that relationship, how did any of my other relationships stand a chance? Each time we recognize an opportunity for spiritual growth, we experience a reawakening of hope. And my experience has been that um, the, the God of my understanding, first off, what because I can still get wrapped around the axle about religion, you know, in, in any given day, depending on how spiritually fit I am. And um, what, what, what I have to remember the most is get in my heart and get out of my head when I'm wrapped around the axle, when I'm doing that. And my heart is the language of the heart in the rooms. You know, I've, I've felt the God of my understanding in the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous, out in nature, more than I ever have any religious place, you know, and I've been to Zendos and meditated and been to churches and, and, um, you know, and for me, it's like uh, when, I, when I first came in, I just got rid of, I wasn't raised religiously, but I just got rid of the hell and brimstone and use that. You guys told me find a higher power and to ask for help in the morning and say thank you at night. And I did that, you know, for a long time. But I was a few years clean when um, I realized that it was changing. I went to school and I took comparative religion and all these different classes on philosophies of the East. And I realized that that, that was no longer working for me. And, and I had a, a, a friend that was um, a Buddhist monk and, and helped me monumentally in, um, in my spiritual, let me know that it was okay to go a different way to believe, you know, and, um, and that helped me a lot. And I, I read the Tao, you know, and I've said this before, I read the Tao, he, she, it, and that's my higher power today, he, she, it. You know, I was being a woman and um, a male, a male deity didn't work for me, still doesn't, you know, but I'm open-minded and it's like what, what Paul said, you know, what I have learned um, is um, that I need to be comfortable with the unknown and the uncertainty because in reality, I don't know. I don't know. You, it could be the Christians could be right. You know, I don't know. And what I need to do is stay open-minded, be okay with the unknown and uncertainty and not, and not try to, you know, what I've realized in recovery is I put all these constraints and all these, all this conditioning, Claude would say, you know, and I have all this stuff that I built and I want to get rid of that. I want to be an open slate. So 
Um, I do that with my higher power too. I try to not put constraints, you know, not, not um, picture, you know, or put a sex or put a characteristic on it. You know, it just is. I just know that in 26 years, there's been something in my recovery that has helped me on this journey. That has been that I haven't felt alone, you know, since I got into recovery, that I've always had hope that today I have an unshakable faith. I can't tell you what it is, but I have an unshakable faith that, that gets me through um, some bumps in the road and um, that I believe in prayer, you know, that my prayers are answered. You know, when I pray for willingness, whatever I pray for, that's, that's what I get. So, um, and that's good enough for me. You know, I don't have to know if the, I, I know a guy that says, did the chicken come first or the egg? I don't have to know none of that. You know, and when I start, like Paul said, when I start knowing, I'm in trouble. I need to not know. You know, I've been getting in some drama lately. I've been getting into the medical marijuana shit. And it's like, you know what? My sponsor told me, you need to worry about you. You're not smoking medical marijuana. You need to worry about you and your little hula hoop right here. And, um, that's what I got to do is, is not know. I don't, I don't know nothing about nothing, you know? And when I tell my sponsor that I'm told that's a good place to be, you know? So I wish I could stay there, but I don't. <laughs> I'm an out of control, control freak. And I constantly have to surrender. This year I have surrendered and surrendered and surrendered and surrendered to get peace, you know? And what preceded that was some drama, some something, you know, some pain or something. So I'm grateful to be here and I'm grateful to be clean. And I'm grateful to be on this journey that I get to do this stuff, you know, that I get this freedom. Like the topic last night, I'm free today, you know. Thank you so much, Barbara. So I see, I don't know who was first. So I'm just going to go with Paul. And Carl. I'm Carl, I'm an addict. Uh, this has honestly been one of my favorite topics. I've had like a, the first sentence, you know, it's funny because I've been sitting here because I was like, well, I wasn't even really invited. I just showed up. So I was like, well, I'm not going to share, <laughs> you know, but it's, it is one of my favorite topics, you know, and it's kind of funny that it's the last paragraph and it starts out spiritual growth may be a struggle sometimes but that doesn't mean it's going badly. That struggle is often how we get to spirituality that works for us. And that's God as we understand him. You know, even from early on, a guy told me, God can just mean good orderly direction. And I, I always try to pull it back to, like when I'm talking with a sponsor and they're like, I don't believe in God. And I'll say, that's good. It'll be easy for you. And the key, I think, so as I was in the struggle, you know, reading all these books and reading about all the concepts of God and reading about the history of religion and going to all these different places, like it was shared a minute ago, I realized something. And what I realized was that I was bitter. And the bitterness opposes, you know, goes against principles. And when I'm not acting in principles, I'm not in line with God. And so it makes it really easy. And I, I, I do share about it a lot. You know, my, I don't really, I guess, hold a concept about what I know in my mind. To me, God is an action word. You know, and that makes it so simple because you can never argue with me that dishonesty is better than honesty. 
unforgiving is better than forgiving. Intolerance is better than tolerance. And when I, what I found out was through these things, like when I'm doing these things, when I'm in alignment with them, I experience God. And in what has been, God is not in my mind, it's in my heart. And to me, that's my third step. It makes it so simple for me. I'm making a decision to turn my will in my life over to action-based principles. So, like I said, I love this topic, you know, and, and I, I think the greatest gift I've been given is to let go of bitterness because I'll never forget, you know, I was raised very religious. And when I first came into recovery, I started going to different religious places and then I got very bitter and I was very angry, you know, and I had all this madness in my heart and, um, you know, NA definitely brought me back to some peace with that and, and definitely gave me a connection that is germane to me. You know, like it says, we find out what works for us, you know, and that's been working for me. Love y'all. Thank you so much, Carl. Uh, Missy, then Doug. Hey, you guys. Yeah, so I really like what I've heard so far. This is awesome, you guys. Um, what really stood out to me is being honest in my relationship with God. Um, and what I'm hearing a lot of is surrendering, you know, and when I, like I was sharing earlier, feeling like I had to, like I had a higher power that was keeping score. Um, once I kind of let that idea go and just let the love of my higher power in, um, I could really start to be honest in my prayer, you know, and in my relationship with my higher power, I didn't feel, I didn't feel like I needed to like keep some things to myself in my prayer. Cause that's not what this relationship with our higher power is about. Right. It's, it's about, I mean, we have, I speak for myself, my higher power is fully within me. And, um, it is really, I can't, I can't say that anybody has the higher power that I have, you know, cause it's so, it's so individual to each one of us and, um, letting go of reservations and surrendering. I can surrender everything to my higher power. You know, I invite my higher power in, in all of my moments, in moments when I need help and guidance and strength. Um, I can invite my higher power in, in rejoicing and celebrating good things in my life. Um, my higher power is with me every step of the way. And so if I weren't fully honest in that relationship, all that really means to me is not being honest with myself. And if I'm not being honest with myself, I'm not working an honest program and that's leaving room for relapse. You know, um, I have relapsed a few times and I just like really am working with my sponsor about what is going to keep me from going out that door again. And it's the reservations, you know, our text says that, having reservations leaves room for relapse. And I was never even really willing to admit that I had reservations. I just talked the talk. I spoke the language of recovery and I never really fully lived it, you know, and that's because I wasn't being honest in my relationship with my higher power. I wasn't being honest with myself, with my understanding of what my higher power was. And so, um, once I just kind of surrendered all that and just 
like I said, started from scratch. I mean, the doors that are opening are endless. You know, I get to have a present and I get to have a future because of that. And these spiritual principles, I mean, in every single aspect of my life, it is, it is just helpful. You know, that doesn't make things hurt any less. That doesn't make hardships any easier. Um, losses, watching people go back out, you know, there's, there's some hard shit that comes up in life. And, um, just being honest, just being honest with myself and with my higher power, working an honest program with my sponsor in these meetings, getting to share what's really going on, you know, and not just talking the talk of recovery and actually living it is, um, it's amazing what happens once I like really found the ability to do that. And it's a daily practice. You know, I catch myself, um, saying something and feeling another way. And, but that's the beauty of it is that I get to catch myself in those moments because I living an honest, clean life is allowing me to be accountable for, for my mistakes, you know, being accountable for being human, but making amends when necessary and calling myself out on my bullshit, you know, allowing myself to be called out by others. Um, yeah, that's all I really got on that. It's a beautiful thing what's happening in here. Thanks, Missy. Dad? Thanks, Eva. Uh, folks, I, you know, Barb, I, I really appreciate you bringing that up about the, you know, whatever drama that you were talking about and stuff. And I'm going to tie it into that last paragraph, too, of like, you know, how our beliefs grow as our spirits awaken. And I think part of that is is looking at looking at a piece, you know, to talk about things that might not be really easy to talk about and and um but the service piece that that i was thinking is like if uh the key to spiritual growth is that it's a growth and that means change and i don't i don't do change well like i like to wear you know the same things i like to do things a certain way and you know i like that man like i you know i like to use the same fork and plate at the same you know chair like i like i like my stuff how how i like it but that's spiritual stagnation though you know what I'm saying? It just is, man. It just is. And and but look, I want to. The podcast has always been a, a cool platform to be able to talk about things that may, you know, just tough. Like let's lean into, it. you know, let's lean into it, and we can pick this up next week. And if folks listening, hit us up on Facebook or or you know, text or do whatever, um, because I think this needs to be an open line of communication, especially like with that with the medical marijuana piece or something like this. Lee, I don't know if you remember this or not, but I was texting you. This is a while ago. I was sponsoring a guy who was trying to work with somebody who, you know, doing medical marijuana and all this stuff. And, and uh, I'm going back and forth and I was, I was trying to hit Lee with all this. Well, what about, you know, this, listen, at the end, he's like, me smoking weed, Doug. <laughs> so, like I just took a step back and I'm thinking, oh, fuck is, yeah, that's true. You know, anyway, my, my perspective on it is it's like, look, we treat our addiction, bottom line, period. If we're going strictly from a narcotics anonymous perspective, we treat our addiction with complete abstinence and 12-step work, period, period. So so whether a doctor says, hey, man, go ahead and get you a couple grand, do whatever. If I'm treating my addiction with, with, with something other than abstinence and 12-step work, then, um, you know, it's between me and my higher power. But, you know, I mean, let, let, let's, let's carry a clear message. You know what I'm saying? My life depends on having a clear message. You know, and so, so anyways, look, man, uh, Eve, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close this out. We're at the end of the time. And um, folks, I want to say this, man, look, it, it, 
if you find yourself listening to the podcast, reach out to us in this period, just reach out to us, man. And, 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 let, and let's continue to, to keep this as a platform for people who, who can share. I heard Jessica sharing in a meeting not too long ago. She's a guest with us now, you know, and from my perspective, it, it's, it's just not an easy, it's not an easy meeting to carry a clear message. It just wasn't. I mean, she was fucking doing it, boy. She's up there, opening, chairing, carrying the message. And it, and it was, hey, man, come, come to the backwoods of West Virginia if you want to, if you want, you know, come, come experience that, you know, and, and so good for you, Jessica. And then when I asked her to, to, you know, to be here, I was like, yep, what do I need to do? I'm in it, you know, and good. And, and, and the last thing, man, I just, this hope shot too is, is like, Missy reached out the other day, man, she was doing a search on, on Spotify or whatever, you know, with 40 some days clean and says, Hey, look, man, this is part of my, my, you know, my recovery practice. Now this is part of, you know, helping me get plugged in and stuff like this and, and whatever. And it's you folks, man, you folks that I'm looking at right here, you know, coming on here, man, sharing your experience, you know, giving your time, giving your love and stuff like that. So Missy, thanks for reaching out to And then another thing I was like, well, look, we'll just jump on, man. We'll be a guest. Like, yeah. What do I need to do? And that's look, look, man. I go clean the two thousand, and and that's the perspective I had, bro. Tell me what I need to do. I can tell me what I need to do. I want freedom. Tell me what I need to do. When I was told what to do, all right. And just like y'all are doing, man. That's a lot of hope, man. With freedoms here, you know. So, so with that, we're gonna end episode fifteen. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and 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 uh, and throw this resource to to others who could benefit from it. Thank you for walking with us on this journey. Please reflect on what was discussed and apply it to your life. Share this resource with anyone you feel led to do so.